Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, again, I know that Pastor Joel and Amy don't need a big intro, but I just want to tell you a little bit about them Y'all know about their ministry. Again, I asked this last night to a, to a group of, of e-group leaders and stuff. How many of you uh, were not so young anymore ever went to a 220 youth conference, all right? All right. How many of you have been over the past few years to a Bethany conference? That's close to half of the church. In fact, a couple of years ago, we won the award for the church that brought the most people to Bethany Conference. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep going for that one. But back about 10, 11 years ago, Pastor Joel started being a big influence and he, we didn't know each other until like five years ago. But because of the ministry of 220, and Liz and I were youth pastors at the time, our youth ministry literally experienced a move of God, and I attribute a lot of it to what we learned from 220, from Pastor Joel, okay? And then we had this harebrained idea of moving across the country to some city somewhere and planting a church, and, and, and I went through this thing called Youth Pastor University, and I literally, I'm just going to be honest this morning, I snuck in still under the guise of a youth pastor because I wanted, I wanted to get trained by him, okay? <laughs> got to do what you got to do sometimes, right? Sometimes you got to find your mentor, right? <laughs> and I remember having a, a phone call one day. Uh, it was like a conference call with all these youth pastors, and we sit, submitted our questions. And my question had nothing to do with youth ministry. It had to do with church planning. And Pastor Joel said, is this Hunter? And I said, yeah. <laughs> your question has to do with church planning. I'll call you later. And I about passed out out of my chair, that, you know. And since then, we've developed i've been to pastor joel and amy's house and liz and i have been many times they've welcomed us into their home such great uh hospitable people they truly love us i know that they believe in us and that they love us and over this past year not only has pastor joel been a coach and a mentor to me but as we've gone through this hard season he's become one of my very dearest friends and so this morning i want you guys to stand up before they do and give Pastor Joel and Amy Stockstill the best, warmest Atlanta welcome you can. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited to be here with Joel and to be partying with you guys. I love me a good party. The Lord's been teaching me a lot about celebration. Did you guys know that the Lord commanded the Israelites to come together to celebrate? And he did it through feast. Because you know, we all like some food. He did it through feasting. And then again, in the New Testament, Jesus, his very first miracle was at a wedding celebration. When we come together to celebrate, miracles happen. And we need, when we need a miracle, we need to celebrate in order to bring that miracle in. And you guys have done an awesome job. I was, we were at lunch with Liz and Hunter yesterday, and I said, what's your biggest win so far of these last five years? And they said, really? They thought for a minute, and they had a lot, but they said, really, our big win is our team. 
They celebrated you guys. I want you to know if you're on the team here, your pastors love you. They celebrated you guys over lunch yesterday. And it's an honor to be here with you. Moving forward, as you guys look to the future for your church, I pray that you would continue to celebrate. You know, when Jesus comes back and we all go to heaven and, and into glory, we're going to have the marriage feast of the Lamb. Yes. He's look, he started with celebration, and we're going to end this thing with celebration. So we're happy to be here partying with you guys. Thank you for the honor. Isn't she beautiful? It is so good to be here today uh, with you here in Kennesaw in Atlanta. And it's not hot Lana today. It's cool Lana. Yeah. Hallelujah. I saw a funny, a funny meme yesterday. It said, Lord, whatever you're baking outside, it's done. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's been hot all over. We, we were in Texas. It was hot. We were in Louisiana. It's hot. Everywhere we go, it's hot. We're getting a little bit of that cool weather coming in. But it is good to be here. And, you know, I, I saw Hunter at the 220 conferences years ago, because you can't miss Hunter. He just, <laughs> Hunter, Hunter is what I call a zealot. He has a lot of zeal. That means he's passionate. And I love people who are passionate, but I never got to know him. And then uh, he came to my house for the finale of Youth Pastor University, and we got talking in the garage, and he said, yeah, I planted this church in Atlanta. And uh, I knew instantly he was doing everything wrong. <laughs> and so we started talking, and then uh, the Lord just started moving here. And it is amazing to see what God has done over five years. And I, just, I was just thinking earlier, right before we started, I just thought, wait five more years and see because it's been we've been through this is the second building there'll be another one and another one and and this group is going to continue to grow as god blesses and adds people because you know and, and a lot of times when you work with churches there's always a group of people who are always like why don't why do churches need to get bigger i like it small and, and you know what? I love the dynamic that we have in here today. But at the same time, we, we have to get bigger because there's more people that need Jesus. That, that's why we have to get bigger. And, you know, uh, we, can, we can think about it in lots of different ways, but that's, that's the driving force because there are people just like you out there who don't know the joy of the Lord that we felt in here together today. They don't, they don't know the peace of God. They don't know the love of God. And they need to know these things. And uh, so as God just continues to expand Encounter Church, I just, I, I'm just thankful for what he's done and where it's going. And just so proud of Hunter and Liz and their faith. I mean, to pick up from New Mexico and move to Atlanta. That still just sounds New Mexico to Atlanta. <laughs> You just say that out loud. It's like New Mexico to, I have family that lived in New Mexico, so I've been there a lot. It's like New Mexico, Atlanta, New Mexico, Atlanta. But you guys, the Lord just led you here by faith, and you've been obedient, you've been faithful, and look at this today. 
man. And you, you teared up in the, I teared up in the video. I was like, oh my goodness, this is just so amazing. And uh, so today I, I want to encourage your faith because we need to continue always. Today we look back and we celebrate, but we also look ahead with anticipation. And I, I want to minister to you uh, from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua, chapter 1. And, and I think it's very appropriate today because this was kind of a moment of looking back at what God did under Moses and looking ahead at what God was going to do under Joshua. And it was the same type dynamic. It, it wasn't the end of a thing, but it was also not just the beginning. It was both. It was, it was the end of an era and the beginning of an era. It, it was a, a, a very pivotal time for them. And God speaks to Joshua and really encourages him. He says, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Because we all tend to feel those feelings when we're moving into something new. But, but yet God says some things to him that were very, very important. And, and I want to really bring out one of them in particular this morning that I think is going to really change some things in the way you think about. And this is Joshua 1.8. I'm reading from the ESV. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And, and this, little, this next little phrase right here is what caught my attention in this verse. And then you will have good success. Anybody want to have good success? I know I want to have good success. And I, I'm going to talk to you about that today, how to have good success. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this amazing day. We thank you for a day of celebration, a day of remembrance, but also a day of anticipation for what you're going to do in the next five years. And Lord, we, we have no idea what the next five years holds, just like we had no idea what these five years held, but we know that in the midst of it all, your goodness is there. Your faithfulness is there. Your righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is there. Lord, today I pray that you would just anoint me to declare the word of God. I pray that every person here, no matter where they are in their journey with you, that you would help them to understand and receive something that would encourage their faith in you. But you said that if we want to come to you, we must believe that you exist and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And God, today we believe you exist and we believe you reward us when we seek you. We come to you by faith today. We receive the word by faith. And we thank you, Lord, that we walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, it, we, live in a, we live in a world where success is everything. Everybody wants to be successful. No, you'll never ask a kid what he wants to be when he grows up and he tells you, I, when I grow up, I want to be a failure. <laughs> Yet, have you ever heard anybody, their dream in life is to be a failure? 
No, we all want to be successful. But, but God throws a word in here that's important. He says good success. There's a, and if there's a good success, then there's a bad success. I, I remember about 20 years ago when a little country girl from Kentwood, Louisiana, where a lot of my wife's family's from, burst out on the scene, and her name was Britney Spears. And she quickly became the most recognized face in the entire world from a little podunk town in Louisiana. And she had massive success, but it was a good success. It destroyed her life. And so all success is not good success. But God says, I've got a success for you that's a good success. And sometimes even uh, religion can come in and different things, mindsets where we're like, you know, I don't know if I really want success because that may mess up my whole life because we've seen bad success and none of us want bad success. But, but good success is something that God wants us to have. But here's the thing. A lot of the promises of God in the Bible are if promises. They're, they're called if and then promises. If you do this, then God will do this. The only problem is a lot of times we don't do the if part and we get mad when he doesn't do the then part. I'm going to say that again. That was good. We don't do the if part and God doesn't do the then part and we get mad at God. We don't do what, what God's asked us to do. Now, you have to understand, Jesus died on the cross. He said it's finished. The work of redemption was finished. There is no work you need to do to be saved. You, you could work a thousand years, and it would be a pittance compared to what it would take. But Jesus said the free gift of God is salvation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the dreams. We're talking about the desires. If God put a vision in your heart, I'm here to tell you when God dropped the vision in Hunter and Liz's heart to come to Atlanta and start a church, that was not finished. That, that had yet to begin. The work, the prayer, the suffering, all the things that went into that, they, they're walking that out. And if they want to be successful, then they have to follow what God says. And, and he gives some specific instructions to Joshua at the beginning of his leadership right here. He's like, yo, Joshua, here's the deal. If you want to be successful, you got to do these things. And then you'll have what? good success. So what are these things? The first one. Now, what comes first is most important. And this first thing is what you really got to get today. This book of the law. What's that talking about? That's talking about the Bible. This book of the law, the Bible. Now, I, I don't have an old school Bible with me today. I've got this iPad, but in this iPad is about 100 Bibles. So we'll just, just say this is it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Somebody say mouth. mouth. Say a little bit loud. Say mouth. mouth. Okay. So the, the first thing that you've got to do in order for God to be able to release the good success that you want is you've got to speak the word of God. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, when the Lord started dealing with me about this, and I read this, there was a couple of things I thought. Number one, Lord, I'm a preacher. This book does not depart from my mouth. I speak this word all the time. But I was thinking about sermons. And I was like, no, I'm not talking about sermons here. I'm talking about that you don't ever say anything that contradicts what I've said. So when somebody says, how are you feeling? I say, well, I'm feeling terrible. Well, the Bible says by his stripes, I was healed. So I have departed from the book of the law in order to declare how I feel that's different from what this book says. When this book says, I'm blessed with the blessing of Abraham, and the Bible tells us that Abraham was rich, and, and when I declare out of my mouth, I'm broke. Well, that, that's not in this book. Anything I say that's not in this book is a departure from this book. Now, so that was the first thing. The first thing I thought was, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking your word all the time. The Lord said, yeah, but you're constantly departing from this book. The words of this book. And then I, I read on down here and it says, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And I thought, well, Lord, you got those mixed up. One needs to go in front of the other. Isn't it funny how a lot of times we feel like we got to correct the Lord? When, when Lazarus died and Jesus came four days later, Martha came out there and she's like, Lord, if you had just been here. In other words, Jesus, you late. That's what she was saying. You're late. And so many times we think, and, and I was just like, Lord, we need to meditate on the word first so that we can speak it. But that's not what God said. He said, you've got to speak it and then think it. Now, here's something I want you to get today. You will think about what you talk about. You will think about what you talk about. That's where, you, you know, when you get towards the end of the day and, and you go home, you're thinking, thought, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the things you've talked about that day. Conversations. Things that were said. And, and there's a powerful principle that your mouth can direct your mind. See, James said your tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It directs the whole ship. So what your tongue is saying directs what your mind is thinking. In fact, when, when you're growing up and you hear certain things from your parents, it makes up in your mind how you're going to think about those things as you get older. And unless something radically changes your mind because you hear it from somewhere else, that's the way you think. For good or for bad. And so the mouth goes before the mind. We think, whatever I think about, that's what I'm going to talk about. No, that's not how it works. However, you talk determines how you think. You, you can't talk one way and think a different way. 
It, it's like physiologically, there, there's this really cool thing. If you're ever feeling down, there's only one thing you've got to do to feel better, and that's smile. When you smile, you cannot feel bad. It's impossible because it releases all these endorphins and things into your body and you feel good immediately when you smile. Come on, some of you need to smile a little bit this morning. Just, just look at the person next to you. Just smile at them real big. Show them some teeth. Come on. Don't, give, give, give them some teeth. One day, one day I was, uh, Amy and I have lived in Dallas, Texas the last six years, and one day I was driving down one of those huge interstates, and I was having a terrible day, and I was feeling all down and everything, and then I thought, you know what, I just need to smile, and so I just, I just started smiling, and, and, and I thought, I'm going to smile for a minute straight. Because I'm having a really bad day. And, and so I'm just going to so I just started smiling. And, and I'm smiling. And I happened to look over and so this guy was sitting next to me. And he looked over at me and he was like. Because I just had this big old smile plastered on my face. I just like. And, and I'm telling you but. It didn't, it didn't even take 60 seconds. In 10 seconds, I felt so much better. And then when I looked at him and he looked at me like I was crazy, I really got laughing. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So there's all these little things about us that God made. Why would God make it? See, we think we've got to feel good in order to smile. But I'm here to tell you, if you want to feel good, smile and you'll feel good. It's like, well, I don't feel like smiling. Yeah, well, who cares? Don't ask yourself how you feel. Just do it and you'll feel better. You'll feel like smiling once you start smiling. And you'll start thinking right once you start talking right. Don't wait till you start thinking right to start talking right. Start talking right and you'll start thinking right. This, and this is a journey that I've been on. It's like it, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter how I feel. If I smile, I'll feel better. And if I just start talking what God's saying in this book, if I'll just start saying what God said to say, my mind will then come into alignment with what I'm saying. And God's saying to Joshua, he's saying, listen, Joshua, don't wait till you get everything figured out in your mind before you say something that, that you think is going to sound good and be good. Joshua, you're not smart enough to lead three million people. You just say what I tell you to say, and then you'll think the right things, and everybody will know that it's the right thing because you're saying what I said to say. And so if, if, you're, if you're facing a financial situation, you begin to say, I'm the blessed of the Lord. You begin to say, I've got the blessing of Abraham. The Bible says that Jesus became poor so that I might become rich. And you just start declaring the word and all of a sudden your mindset begins to change that I'm not going to be in debt the rest of my life. I'm not going to live in poverty the rest of my life. I'm not going to live in lack the rest of my life. But it's because your mouth started saying what God said to say 
And maybe you say, well, how do I know what God wants me to say? He put it right here in this book, 1189 chapters. You could say anything that he said in here and it will work. So we're going to say it and then that helps us to think it properly. So this book of the law, now, now I, I, I want to say this, if it let us say this. He says, this book of the law, now there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of good books and there's a lot of not so good books and there's some straight up terrible books out there. And a lot of times we've replaced the word of God for the latest book from Dr. Smell Fungus. <laughs> Listen, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that mean well, but Dr. Phil can't write something that brings miracles. And there's nothing wrong with Dr. Phil or, or any of those people as far as I know. I don't watch Dr. Phil because I don't need Dr. Phil. I got Dr. Jesus. This book of the law, you, you can't substitute the latest book by this one or that one for this book. You need to be in this book. I can't tell you how many times I, I've talked to a believer that's walking through a trial. They're facing something in their life. And you know what? We're all facing something at all times. There's always a fly in the ointment from some way. Everything can be going perfect and then something happens. My wife and I were sitting outside uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was a beautiful evening and the sunset and everything. Everything was perfect. And then a mosquito came. <laughs> Can't even see the dang thing. And it made us go inside. And that's how life is. But I'll talk to people who, who are facing something. And I'll ask them, what are you reading in the word of God? They say, well, somebody just gave me a book by Joyce Myers. And I'm like, well, I love Mama Joyce. But she ain't in the Bible. There's no, there's no first Joyce and second Joyce and third Joyce in the Bible. And, and, and that's great. And if you want to read that after you've gotten a dose of the word, help yourself. I love Joyce Myers. I've read some of her stuff. I listened to her messages. But God didn't say any book of the law. He said this book of the law. And your confession, which is the number one most important thing in seeing good success, has got to come from this book, not somebody else's book. And their confession of this book, as good as that is, it, it needs to come straight from your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So now that we've, we've, we've talked it, now we've got to think it. We've got to come back to the word because the enemy's going to bombard your mind constantly with things that contradict this book. He'll see to it that somebody's got an opinion or somebody's got a this or a that. And we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to meditate on the word and I'm, my key to meditating on the word is that I'm going to talk about the word. When I talk about the word, it makes me meditate on the word. If I don't talk about the word, I don't ever meditate on the word. We talk about it. We meditate on it. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do 
according to all that is written in it. Now, one of the problems that we've had in the church is people come into the church, they want to become followers of Jesus, so we tell them everything they need to do. Oh, you're going to be a follower of Jesus. You got to do this. You got to do that. You can't do this, and you can't do that. But see, if they don't begin to speak what God says, they don't ever begin to think like God thinks, then it's only a matter of time before they fail in doing what God says to do. God never asked anybody to do anything until they first begin to speak something and begin to think something, and then they begin to do something. Let me, let me, let me back that up for you. Paul said, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you shall be saved. Now, where is the do in all of that? Nowhere. It didn't say, well, if you go to church 40 Sundays out of 52, you shall be saved. It doesn't say, when you've tithed for five years without a blemish on your record, you shall be saved. It doesn't say, it, if, if you go three years without going and seeing a movie that's not approved, you shall be saved. No, the doing part follows the thinking part. And the thinking part follows the speaking part. And the speaking part is what starts everything. Everything in your life has begun with something you said. Oh, let me, let me, let me, let me talk about that. Everything in your life, good or bad, began with words. When does your marriage begin? When you say, I do. Now, you ain't did anything, but you said what you said. I do. You take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to love and to hold and to cherish from this day forward till death do you part. I do. Okay. September 4th, we celebrated our nine-year anniversary. Amy and I, and, and you know what that anniversary is from? Nine years ago and, and a couple of days now, we said, I do. We hadn't done anything it wasn't about what we thought we didn't think I'd do. My dad married me and say, if you agree with this, think in your mind, I do. <laughs> Got it. No, it began with a word. I do. Everything in your life has come from something you have said. We could unpack that for 30 minutes. We could prove that and, and reprove it over and over and over again. Everything in your life. You, you never have, have entered into a relationship of any kind without there being words. You know, I, I, never, I never thought, you know, I've been friends with this guy for 15 years. We never even said anything to each other. <laughs> No, you ain't been friends. You ain't started until you say something to each other. At some point, somebody said something, and the relationship began. There was a beginning point when something was said. So we say it, then we think it, then we begin to walk it out. 
Some of you have been struggling. You've been trying to live the Christian life. And maybe under guilt, condemnation, because you're falling short, because you tried to skip to the third thing, and you need to back up to the first thing. You know, what would it be like if you tried to just walk onto the roof of this building? You can't do it. You got to get on the first floor, then you got to come up the what? The steps, and then you got to keep going up. You, that's how it works. And a lot of times, people get saved, and they want to jump from the ground floor to the third floor in one leap, and they always end up falling and smacking themselves. And as a youth pastor for years, I worked with young people and I saw young people come in. I saw them try to change their behavior to fit like what everybody else is doing. And it it doesn't work. Why? Because they hadn't changed the way that they talk yet. That's why the Bible's always talking about be careful what's coming out of your mouth. Don't use corrupt speech, corrupt language, perverse language, profane language. Why? Because how you talk is determining how you think and how you think determines what you do all right so now we got that then he says for then you will make your way prosperous all right now now we get down to this final ingredient you'll make your way prosperous you'll make your way prosperous now i begin to study this word prosperous Because when I think of prosperity or prosperous, I think of a big house. Or I think of a very nice car. I think of a big truck just loaded out, you know, uh, a $80,000 Raptor that's just nasty. (laughs) Big old tires, just rawr. Or you think of a nice ski boat, big, long, nice ski boat, the prosperity. We, 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 we've got this idea that prosperity, but, but when you begin to study the word prosperity, it comes from this Hebrew word that's literally, you know, it, the, the Hebrew word is salah. It's like in there. Salah. And, and that word means to make a little bit better. Now I'm going to help you right here. Come on, I'm going to help you right here. To make a little bit better. And, and so I began to see something. You know, a lot of times that people, they come into the church and, and they serve the Lord and after a while they just like, well, I, I've been doing this thing for five years and I hadn't prospered. You don't know what prosperity is. Because to make your way prosperous, if you came into the church and your marriage was on the rocks and you couldn't hardly stand the sight of your spouse, and after two years in the church, you can actually drive to church without having a fight on the way to church, guess what you did in your marriage? You prospered. Oh, y'all, y'all going to get this. 
And, and, and when you came in, if you couldn't afford your bills and you were a hot mess in your finances or you didn't have work or, and everything in your financial life was a disaster. And now it's not incredible. You don't have a million dollars in the bank, but, but you can pay your light bill and, and you can actually afford to eat. And you can and give a little bit to the church. And, and guess what you did in your finances? You prospered. You, you didn't buy a yacht. You didn't move into a 10,000 square foot mansion. You didn't buy an $80,000 car. But guess what, honey? You prospered. And, and, and it's the same with your health. If you're sick all the time and no energy and you feel terrible and, and, and you're eating fried chicken every other day, come on, somebody. We're in the South now. And you realize you need to make your health better. So you decide you're going to start cooking a little bit more and walking around the block once a day and just doing some little things. You, you haven't turned into an Olympic athlete. But you know what you've done in your health? You prospered. Now, how does that prosper happen? Does God come down from heaven and, and, and tell you that, that you can't stop at Popeye's anymore? And, and pre- I'm going to prepare a manna meal for you at home. When you get home, it's going to be ready. The angels will have visited your house and it will all be there for you on the stove ready. No, you're going to have to make your meal. You're going to have to make a trip to the grocery store. You're going to have to make your way to the health club. You're going to have to go to work and increase your finances. All those things, they they require you to make them happen. That's how you make your way prosperous. And for some people, it's just their grass is so high they could lose a small child in it. Their car so so dirty, you don't even know what color it was originally. You still got Taco Bell cups in there from 1995. They still say run for the border on there. <laughs> you hadn't cleaned that. And you steady complaining about this piece of junk you're driving around in. But you hadn't made your piece of junk prosper yet. And the Lord said, hey, if you do this, then I will do this. When you do what you can do, God will do what you can't do. But if you don't do what you can do, God is never going to do what you can't do. Just doesn't work that way. Just, just, just doesn't happen that way. That's, that's like wanting to have a baby before you have the pregnancy. It doesn't work that way. That's never, it's never worked that way in, in 6,000 years. There's never been a birth before a pregnancy. There's a pregnancy and there's a birth. Even Jesus, who was conceived of a virgin, there was a pregnancy before a birth. If you do this, then God does this. So, so what does it say? This book of the law doesn't depart from our mouth. We're starting to talk. We're starting to think. We're starting to do, and then we're starting to make. Now you say, boy, that's a lot for me to do. 
well, do you want to have good success or you want to keep just, just doing it the way that you've been doing it? You know, my dad and I have a little phrase we always say. It's kind of a question, but kind of, when, when, when somebody is, you know, they're, want, they're, they're doing something and it, it's, you know, not succeeding, and we'll, we'll ask, well, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? You know, so many times we keep doing things that are not working just because we don't know what else to do or we're comfortable doing that or how's that working? Sometimes we can be overwhelmed. We're like, well, I, I don't know where to start. Well, just begin to study this first. Just begin to get this down in your spirit. Just begin to say, Lord, I want to do what you have given the blueprint you gave to Joshua. I'm taking it for me. And, and the beautiful thing is we get to the end of this verse, and then you will have good success. That's what we want. That's what we're after. We're after good. There's something inside of you that craves good success. There's something inside of all of us. that I, I've never, ever met a kid that's four years old, and you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, well, when I grow up, I want to be divorced. <laughs> I, I've never met a young lady who, who, hey, sweetheart, what do you want to be when you grew up? She says, you know, I just, I want to be on the streets and be a prostitute. And No, they want to be a princess. They want to, they, they you know, they look at all the little Disney princesses, and they run around and, they change into the princess dresses and they don't sell a prostitute outfit at Walmart for little girls because no, nobody ever aspired to anything that was not good success. But we lose that as we get older. And for some of you today, God wants to, to rekindle Something inside of you that says, I want to have good success. Because we all know stories of people who have had success, but it wasn't good success. All you got to do is just look at Hollywood. You'll see success, but it was bad success. What about the man? He, he makes $40 million. He sells his company. He's got all this money. But in the process, his kids are all on drugs and his wife has left him and he's sitting in the middle of his big mansion all by himself with his $40 million. And his family hates him. That's not success. That's bad success. I don't want... The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. What's that mean? That means if you do it God's way, you can end up in a place where you have good success, but you didn't have to burn other people in the way to get there. You didn't have to hurt other people on the way to get there. You didn't have to step on anybody to get there. You just did it the way God said. Notice nothing in this formula that God gave Joshua had anything to do with him getting ahead of anybody else. You got to do what you got to do, and God will bless you in what he's called you to do. 
I don't have to look to the left. I don't have to look to the right. I need to look at myself and watch what I'm saying so that I can think the right things, do the right thing, and make my way prosperous and get a little bit better each day in this area and that area and that area. And, and on my job, I'm doing a little bit better. And in my relationships, I'm doing a little bit better. And in my finances, I'm doing a little bit better. And, and before long, I look up and I'm living right down smack in the middle of good success hallelujah and you know what good success for a church is dependent on the collective good success of the people in the church encounter church does not have its own identity outside of the people that are in this church there's no it's not like encounter church over here and then all the people no encounter church is the people that's why I'm always, you know, people are always complaining about their church. And then, well, I've been to hundreds of churches. The last six years, I've been to 300 churches. And I have yet to find the perfect one. You know why? Because there's people in all of them. And there's not, there's, there's not one person who is perfect. There's only one who's ever been perfect, and that was Jesus. And you know what? He doesn't attend the church. It's people, people. But when we all together begin to move forward towards good success, then the church begins to move forward towards good success. That's how it happens. And what you see here today is a miracle because God has given good success to a group of people that began with a group that moved from New Mexico. And now it's involved so many of you that are from this area. And now is this church. It, why? Because these principles are being put in place. Good success. I want you to bow your heads with me. You guys have been awesome. It's been a lot of fun today to be with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.